Hi, listeners. Welcome to the Grief Out Loud podcast produced by the Dougie Center for Grieving Children. I'm Janet Christofaro and wanted to give you just a little heads up as you listen to this episode, you'll be hearing references to our old name, which was Dear Ducky. So just so you don't get too confused, you're listening to the right podcast and we look forward to bringing you even more great content under the Grief Out Loud name. Thanks for joining us. On today's episode, we talk about a looming holiday, Father's Day, one that can be especially rough for those who are grieving. Joining me today is Joan Schweizerhoff, a long, long, long time staff member at the Dougie Center. Joan, can you tell us a little bit about what you do? I am, have been at the Dougie Center for the last 23 years, and I work specifically with children and families who've had someone who has died. I uh, do groups with kids, and I do training. Thank you, Joan. And, and I asked Joan to join me today because she has not only a lot of professional experience, but also personal experience in navigating Father's Day and other sort of manufactured holidays uh, with grief. So today, Father's Day, we're focusing primarily on suggestions for making your way through both the lead up and the actual day, particularly for those who are grieving. But it's really we wanted to recognize how important it is that all of the holidays that are specific to a particular type of relationship Mother's Day, Father's Day, Siblings Day, and then Joan, I don't know if you saw there was a recent social media one, the hashtag National Best Friend Day. Did you catch that one? I missed that. That was a new one for me. Um, It can be difficult for anyone uh, who either doesn't have someone in that role in their life or perhaps has a challenging or conflicted relationship with the person who's in that role. So for today, all of the suggestions that we talk about, all of the concepts that we go into, you know, they're really specifically at this point talking about those who are grieving a death, but to keep in mind that it may be applicable if you are somebody who maybe grew up without a father, or maybe you have a disconnected or an antagonistic relationship with your father, or if you're a dad out there, maybe you have a challenging relationship with your children. Maybe you're someone who is unable to have children, or maybe even someone who's chosen not to have children, but can experience some separation or isolation, some judgment from friends and family about that choice. So when I think about it, I don't know how it is for you, Joan, but for me, it all comes back to just that feeling like you don't belong with what the larger community is doing or appears to be experiencing. And I think that that really makes it even clearer when there's the, the, all the advertisements and all of the uh, shows on television that have the dad with their kids doing wonderful things, the husband and wife together, um, and they have all these what looks like a ideal life, and you don't have that. Right, we have our advertisements, and then we also have social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, so many people posting pictures of best dad ever, or here's a picture of me and my dad growing up. I don't know about for you, but I hear a lot about that in my groups. Yeah, absolutely. And the kids really feel like they're um, different. They're not the same. They're, they, can't, they can't contribute in any way to that exa- examples because they don't have a dad. Yeah, they've joked about wanting to start their own, like, my dad is dead Facebook page where you can go and post your pictures and then you would have your own separate community of that so you're not having to scroll through everybody else's posts about that. Uh, you know, and you mentioned the advertisements, and I think, you know, we mentioned this in our Mother's Day podcast a few months ago, of how Father's Day, Mother's Day, Sibling Day, National Best Friend Day, they're all really manufactured holidays. Uh, which, you know, I hear people in my groups talk a lot of, you know, that wasn't really a big holiday for my family. My dad never really liked Father's Day, so I don't really think about doing much on the day, but it still kind of eats at me when I see so many other people just out with their dads. So there can be some 
mixing layers of frustration for people who are grieving with that piece of it. Um, I think it also, however, gives you that opportunity to really focus on your dad in, in a way that maybe you don't every other day of the year, but it's like this is the day that people are focusing on your dad and how can I focus on my dad even though he doesn't exist in my life anymore because he's dad, I still can remember and have um, positive experiences and positive memories of him. Um, so I think that, that we can make it a positive experience instead of um, making it feel like it's, it's a drain or, or it's a negative kind of experience and you just don't want to have that part of the day. You can make it a positive experience. You're going to have to reclaim and readjust yourself with that relationship and, and, that, and that holiday in particular. It seems like for a lot of people in our groups, it's the planning ahead can really help so that it ends up being a conscious thing. Because I've heard some people say, I just tried to act like it didn't happen. And that didn't work out so well for me in the end. And Or it's just that anticipation of, of how awful it's going to be. And I've had, for the first couple of three years after my husband died, um, that was for sure, for the boys, for my boys, the, that experience of, oh my gosh, it's Father's Day, we don't have a father, what do we do? And ours is complicated because um, Larry's birthday is on June 21st, which is oftentimes Father's Day, and it is again this year. Um, so his birthday, Father's Day, what do we do? And um, w we would always just kind of dance around and avoid doing anything, and, mm -hmm. and it felt awful. And so we then decided we want to do something different. And so we decided that we would um, celebrate his birthday and Father's Day. Um, and the way we do that oftentimes is by going out to dinner to one of his favorite places. Or he loved fishing in the beach. And so oftentimes we'll say, this year let's go to the beach and go to that restaurant that Dad loved and have a walk on the beach and talk about stories of Dad. When we made the conscious plan to do it instead of just you know, trying to avoid it, it made it a much more positive experience. And how old were your, were your boys, Joan, when, when your husband died? Um, one was 20 and one was 21. 21 and 20. So even at that age, there was still the let's not really do anything. Yeah, absolutely, because they just didn't, because, you know, we don't know what to do. There's no manual that says when, you're, when your father dies, this is what you do on Father's Day. Mm -hmm. You know, this is what you do on his birthday. There, there's no one that tells us how to maneuver that. And, and so hopefully this uh, podcast today will help people with some ideas of things that they might think about doing. And how did you have that conversation with the boys when you realized like, oh, the acting like we're not going to do anything isn't working out so well? We just, we just had the conversation said, Father's Day and Dad's, and Dad's birthday's coming up. And, you know, the last couple of years have been really awkward and uncomfortable. Um, what do we do different? What do you think we should do? And so we had a conversation about what are the options, what are things available to do, and then together came up with a plan. Do you remember much about that first year when you decided to, to do something to honor Larry? I just remember that it, was, it really felt good. It really felt like um, that... One, we could talk about their dad because it, it was somewhat awkward anyway to talk about their dad. It also just gave us all that sense of, you know, he is an important part of our life and we do still remember him and we still want to talk about him. And so it kind of gave us an opportunity to talk about it where um, the rest of the year oftentimes, you know, it just kind of would, would slide along without any conversations at all. And then you have some personal experience too of 
of another death in your life connected to Father's Day. Did you want to share a little bit about that? So in addition to that, my dad died um, when I was a young adult as well. And one of my, my losses or my issues is that I don't really have men in my life that um, have some significance, some older men that or husbands that can help to advise and, and um, support and be a part of your, of your um, advice life. Adult life. Mentoring. Mentoring, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that for me, one of the losses was that I didn't get to know my dad as an adult. Um, he was a parent, and you know, you have a relationship with your a parent as a parent, but when you get into your 20s, you start to you know, change that relationship so that you're you know, on a more of an equal and um, interesting um, experience. And, and for my boys and for me, we didn't have that. We didn't have that opportunity to experience our dads as adults who were. Um, able to participate with our with us in a whole different way. Um, I know one of the things that Cooper said or Andrew said when he, when his dad died was, um, I never got to know my dad as an adult, and I really liked him, and I was really looking forward to that. Mm. And so for him, that was the huge loss was that that he was a parent, but then he never got to know him as a real person. And you having that parallel experience here, you are you're a young adult, your dad dies, you have that experience of I don't get to you know, hang out and get to know him as not just his child. How did that change or influence how you talk to your boys about their dad and who he was? Did that have any influence on it? I think that what it did was made it really important for me to share with my boys what their dad was like um, as an adult. And one of the things that, that I am working on now is a book that has the story of their dad's life because they didn't know him as an adult. They only knew him as a parent and they didn't a lot they don't know things about what he did when he was a child or you know things that people share as adults. They don't they don't know that part of their their history. Um, and so I think that that it's important because I didn't have that experience with my dad. I spent a lot of time talking with my mom about my dad and his his life experience and what and how he grew up and what his his experiences were. I was able to know that for my boys that was really an important piece for them to know their dad in a different way. Was there anything that's been particularly surprising or shocking to them to learn about their dad that they didn't know? <laughs> Well, um, I think that you can share on air. <laughs> um, I think that that um, there were things about their dad that you know they just didn't know what kind of a uh, of a child he was. They didn't know that he was um, what was called back then an underachiever because he was very smart, but he didn't do well in school. He was not a good academic in school. Um, and so I think that was a surprising thing for them because he didn't come across as an ignorant person. He was bright and, and intelligent, and, um, and, and he was considered an underachiever. Back then, I think he was probably learning disabled, but mm. they, uh, they didn't know that part about him. Did he push them in school? They all all graduated (laughs) from college. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, that was really an important piece for him. Um, And and that was something that he was very proud of, is that they were able to graduate. So getting that information from you and from other relatives has helped them put their dad in a larger context of who he was. And it makes me think for, for listeners today who maybe have a child or a teen or a young adult in your life who's grieving and you're wondering what you can do to support them, oftentimes we hear how precious it is to get letters and cards and photos and memories and conversations with people outside of even just the immediate family who knew their dad, Um, college roommates or uh, people they used to work with in their first jobs or friends from high school. And it can be just this 
heartbreaking sometimes to get something like that in the mail, but how precious to learn a different angle on someone they only knew as a father. Exactly. And, and one of the, the things that we did at the funeral for Larry and that we continue ongoing is a I remember card. And I hand them out to people all the time that knew Larry. And I say, can you just write a I remember um, card that just tells a story about something that you remember about him? Um, because I think that, that by just telling those little stories, it helps them, to, the, the boys, to understand a little bit more about who he was as a dad, as a person. Makes it an ongoing conversation of getting to know him and keeping him kind of present in their lives. Exactly. So I'm wondering... You know, as we get towards Father's Day coming, it's a week and a couple of days away, and you mentioned the, the things that you and the boys have done over the years. Are there other things you've been hearing? I know it's been coming up in my groups a lot these last two weeks of people, and I work with the teens and the young adults, so I tend to get a lot of dread in my groups of dreading that day coming. I'm just curious what stories you've been hearing or things people have been concerned about. I think that, that one of the things that I, that I hear w from the younger children is I didn't really know my dad very well. You know, so we'll say, you know, let's do memorabilia and bring your favorite, the favorite food of your dad. And they say, I don't know what his favorite food was. You know, so they start to worry that they didn't really get to know their dad in a way. Um, so I think that that's one of the, the concerns that kids come up with. Um, but I think that it's important for families to be able to talk about that and to say, it's okay, how will you find that out? who is a person in, in, in your life that you can ask um, stories about your dad so that you will get to know more about him. Like how can you become a, like a private detective doing an investigation to exactly. find out about the person, yeah. whoever it is in your life that died, but specifically for dads and who exactly. can you go to. Yeah. And I'm wondering, you know, what other suggestions can we share with people um, kind of moving towards Father's Day? We wanted to get this podcast out at least a week before Father's Day, because I know from what I've heard that lead up, as you mentioned, the like anticipation of what it's going to be like oftentimes turns out to be more intense than the actual day. Uh, do you have any suggestions for people with navigating that lead up time? I certainly think that, that um, having the conversation about a plan with the kids is a really helpful thing so that together we can say, let's make a plan that we feel good about. And that might be... Um, going, taking something, a gift that you would have bought for your dad to a homeless shelter or to a nursing home or to do some kind of a service project for, for um, in honor of or in memory of your dad. Um, so that might be something. Um, that think, would be combining like the idea of volunteering. So you're doing something in the community and then buying something that your dad might really like. Now, I know some families, they may want to buy that gift for dad and keep it and for keep themselves, it. and that's okay, too, because it exactly. might be something fun to play with. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, I think that, that, that it's important to speak about the person who died, and I think that, that sometimes there's some, there's some hesitancy about bringing it up. It might be too sad. It might make that person, you know, cry. And, and just to be able to use the name and talk about stories and, and share memories, I think, is a really important thing. Sometimes people will put a, a poster on the wall or put a bowl in the center of the table and, and people can write memories about the person popping in all week long. Mm -hmm. And then on Father's Day, you read the different um, notes or the different stories that, that have been um, put there. So that's a way of being able to, um, as you think about it over the week, putting things together so that on that day, there's that, that's the plan that you're going to do to right, remember. So transforming that energy of the lead up. Maybe I saw um, a billboard on my ride home or I heard an advertisement on the radio and it really sparked a lot of 
maybe challenging emotions, but then it also reminded me of something of my dad. So I get home and I write that memory and I put it in the bowl. Exactly. And so it also let, kind of lets that go as well. Mm -hmm. um, the other piece I think is really important is to feel the feelings, whatever the feelings are. So it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be happy. It's okay to be um, angry. Real mad. When Real you see mad. everybody else out with their dad on Father's Day. That's right. It's, it's okay to be lonely and miss that person. I mean, all of those emotions oftentimes are wrapped up in the day so that you can, you have, you can have more than one at a time sometimes and that's confusing oftentimes for people but I think it's helpful to know that it's okay to have whatever the feelings are that you're having in that moment because oftentimes people can shy away from the ones that aren't so pleasant I mean mm -hmm. none of them necessarily end up being pleasant but there can be this drive to only have like happy memory times and then to feel guilty if you have a large maybe you have a large family gathering you know and you're honoring maybe a grandfather and then your cousins are there and they're your uncles and your dad their dads are there and so you can be honoring your grandfather who you love and are happy to be spending time with but then kind of cranky with your cousins that they get to have their dad there and yours isn't exactly exactly and I think that that sometimes people shy away from those events very for that very reason you know it's like I don't have a dad and I don't want to be there because they're going to be all happy and I'm not mm -hmm. and the other thing I hear too from people is no one in the family has really brought it up so like maybe a parent thinks their kids aren't thinking about it and the kids think the parent's not thinking about it and a young adult thinks nobody none of their siblings are and everyone's thinking about it but no one's going to go first to Nobody's bring it talking. up and so anything you can do to maybe be that person to be the push <laughs> to say, hey, you know, I'd like to be able to talk about dad at the family picnic. What ideas do you guys have? And I think that's where that plan comes into effect, is that if, if everybody can, can talk about what they would like, what would feel comfortable or make them feel better, um, and then incorporate all of the plans for the day um, together as opposed to just, you know, the one that you think you should do because that's you know, my boys are very different in how they grieve. One wants to talk about it, the other one doesn't. The other one leaves the room <laughs> when we talk about it, you know, and it's like, how do we incorporate all that? Mm. But if we have an activity like a, a walking uh, on the beach or um, going out to dinner, you know, where we're all kind of captured together, then we have that opportunity to share stories. But um, just to sit in a room and say, we're going to talk about your dad right now. One says, no, thank you, no, and leaves. No, I got to go. Uh -huh. and, and I think that's important to remember that everybody does grief differently. And so, so trying to figure out how you can make it comfortable for everyone in the family, not just one or two of the family members, because yes. not everyone's going to feel the same. Sometimes you end up having to be a pretty skilled negotiator. Absolutely. Because sometimes people may not even know what it is about a proposed thing that's making them uncomfortable. you got to drop into it a little bit more to find out, like, well, I don't want to be put on the spot to say something. Exactly. So, you know, we have our I pass rule from the groups, and I always think that would be a great rule to have enacted in maybe family discussions to say, I can pass. You don't have to Don't have to say anything, yeah. And there's no embarrassment or shame around that piece yeah. of it. And I think the, the one that, that um, I really uh, have worked a lot with the boys on is to think about what are the gifts that that person gave you, your dad? What are the gifts that, that, that your dad gave you? Not just personal things like um, a locket or a teddy bear, but the emotional and, and um, psychological um, gifts. And so, you know, I think about my dad um, gave me the confidence to know that I could do whatever I wanted to do in my life. You know, and what a gift that is for me as I've gone through life. Um, he taught me my values of honesty and integrity, you know, and I know that from him, that's where that came from. 
And, you know, I learned from him that he, he believed that every person deserved respect and kindness. And so, so those are gifts that I carry every day. And I can think about him and I think, hey, you know, I got that from my dad. My dad taught me that. My dad gave me those, those wonderful pieces that, that, that are a part of me that I can share with other people. And as I act this way in the world, I'm honoring him and who he was. And, and, and keeping his memory world. alive through the actions that I do. What was the process like to kind of discover that, that those values, to know that about yourself and to know that they came from your dad? I think that, that um, I've done a lot of work over the years um, since my dad died, and, 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 I, and, and I think, you know, that finding that I work with the kids in groups and say, what are the gifts that you get um, from, your, from the person who's died? And usually we do that around the holidays because that's when people give gifts. But I just think that, that you think, so that person had so, some incredible value to you and if they were here today you might not recognize them but they're not here so what were the things that you got from them and so I just really have spent time thinking about my dad and how he was and his personality and what are the things that I missed but what are the things that I get and what are the things that that come out of me that are him Mm -hmm. and and the qualities you listed are all very positive qualities. What do you do if you realize like, oh, I have my stubborn streak or I have my snarky streak for maybe there's some qualities that I don't necessarily enjoy about myself, but I know where they came from. Oh, the stubborn streak, (laughs) huh? Absolutely. And that, and it absolutely is, you know, part of that, I can do whatever I want and, you know, you can't make me, you know, peace is, is the opposite side of that. Um, and I think that, that you just have to say, you know, is that, is that, what about that quality can I use in my life? And what about that quality is best to just let, let lie, but it's just a part of you, you know? And I think that, that you do, we all do have a, a whole mixture of things that the person brings to you that, that, that you, that you carry with you. And it makes me think when, when families get together and maybe they're going to share memories, and this is particularly for people who have maybe younger children in their families, so often when someone dies, it can be this pressure to only talk about the things that were great about that person. And it, it seems really powerful for kids to have an opportunity and teens and young adults and adults to have the opportunity to say, these things were fantastic and this stuff really rubbed me the wrong way or this got under my skin so that it continues to be a a realistic relationship with the memory of the person who died. So one of the one of the questions that we ask our kids in group is, um, what's the, what's the thing that bugged you the most about the person who died? You know, so we don't always and we don't say, tell me a happy memory. We just say, share a memory. So it can be a sad memory. It can be an angry memory. Um, and and we give permission to say, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. And sometimes the the feelings or the emotions. I mean, it is that I'm I'm really pissed off. My husband died of suicide, and so my my two boys were just pissed as heck that that he would have done that. And um, they're they they were angry angry with him for a really long time. Um, and that's okay. You know, it's okay for them to have that, that piece of anger. Um, they, they feel like they were abandoned, you know, and so that's okay for them to have the, those pieces. I didn't have that same feeling, um, mm. but I could respect and, and allow them to have those feelings as well and to tell those pieces of their story. Right. So that's a whole other podcast maybe of how do we hold space for other people's emotions and reactions that are so different than ours, but a gift to your, to your boys that they could express that with you. Exactly. If that wasn't true for you. Exactly. So any last suggestions or creative ideas for 
Father's Day, things that you can think of. I know a lot of people deal with cards. That seems to be a big one, um, whether it's kids at school who have to make Father's Day cards or people just trying to get through the grocery store and there's Father's Day card stuff everywhere. And I've heard some people who, you know, they're like, no, I'm just going to not walk down that grocery store aisle for three weeks. And other people who've really made a ritual out of picking out a card each year and filling it out to their dad and maybe either keeping them or taking it to a favorite place in nature burning it, transforming it in some way. Exactly, and I think that, that whatever seems to work. I mean, I think that, that sometimes journaling, you know, is, is a really helpful way of writing a poem, a memory, writing down the I remember book kind of a thing. Um, anything that, that a person feels is going to be helpful for them in that process. So because everyone's different, different things work for different people. Going to the, to the grave um, of the person and, and taking something, uh, flowers or a card or toy or a trinket, for some people is, is a really healing and, and helpful piece. For other people, it's going to a spot in nature that was the favorite spot of the person by the river or, you know, Pioneer Square or wherever um, somebody feels like, you know, this is, this is the essence, the beach uh, for that person. So I think that, that everybody just needs to choose what seems to feel right for them. And it's going to be different for everybody. And to not feel pressure, I think a lot of times there can be this journaling, which works really well for some people, do creative artwork, but a lot of that can sound um, claustrophobic maybe for people who aren't into sitting still and diving into their emotions and to know that it's just as great to pick a hike and go take a hike in honor of your dad or watch a favorite movie watch a favorite movie or choose to watch maybe not the favorite movie in case that's <laughs> going to be too upsetting there's a lot of talk in my groups these last couple of weeks about shows that people can watch and shows that people don't watch and who watches a show because it will bring up a lot of emotion and who doesn't watch a show because it brings Cause up it too will. much emotion it's really it's everyone's in such a different place and you know for some people it's registering for road races and running or cycling and exactly. doing that in honor of their dad too so don't feel like you have to just get into the emotional piece that way. Or the sports. I mean, I think for a lot of dads and, and kids, sport, sporting events are a big thing. So maybe you go to a baseball game or a football game, some sporting event that, that reminds you of that person. Well, for those of you who are listening, we have quite a long list of tips for Father's Day activities, and we'll post those in our show notes so you can don't feel like you had to scribble them all down as you were listening to us today. And Joan, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your personal and your professional expertise with us. Really appreciate having you here today. Thank you. And thank you, everyone out there, for joining us for another episode of the Dear Dougie podcast. To learn more about us and listen to past episodes, you can find us at Dougie.org. That's D-O-U-G-Y dot O-R-G. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. We'd love to answer your questions about grief, so send them our way at help at Dougie.org, and just be sure to put podcasts somewhere in the subject line. Join us again next time for another episode of the Dear Dougie podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>